Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Hey, it's Natalie, and before we dive in today, I wanted to give you a heads up about the topic of today's episode. So Rochelle Starr, the founder of Scarlet Hope, is my guest, and she and her ministry is all about helping women and sharing the gospel with women in the adult entertainment industry. So having said that, there might be a few things in today's episode that are inappropriate for little listeners. So maybe listen with your AirPods in or have a listen another time, but do come back and listen. It is such a encouraging, wonderful episode. She is a very inspiring person, and I know you're going to love today's episode. Welcome back to the Dwell Podcast, everyone. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and we are talking about Jesus bringing us near and how he just has done everything to do that and the beauty of that. And so the verse that we have been memorizing, I hope that you've memorized it. Maybe you're going to say this along with me. It's Ephesians 2.13. If you are saying along with me and you are someplace in public, just whisper it. Don't be crazy person. Okay. Uh, But here's the verse. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Oh, it's just, it's so good. And, you know, we just are, this is the month of Easter and all the things. And I'm just, I'm so glad that as a church body, we celebrate these things together and we can come together and and really consider these things. Um, But anyway, on our episode today, we have Rochelle Starr. If you were here last week, You got to hear all the good things about Scarlet Hope, which is the ministry that she founded. It's a ministry to help women who are exploited, who are in the adult entertainment industry, who have been trafficked. Um, They are just reaching out with the hope of Jesus and helping them to also come near to Christ, um, just as Christ has drawn us near to him. So welcome, Rochelle. I'm so glad to have you back on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Okay. So last week we talked about all the things about Scarlet Hope, and I'm sure we'll probably touch on those a little bit today because I think that they're just relevant to what we're talking about in this verse. Um, but I really do want to focus in on our verse and, and kind of pick it apart a little bit and think about like, what does this mean um, that we've been brought near by the blood of Christ? Um, so let me remind everyone our verse is, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Um, it's just such a good concept that we've been brought near. But before we can talk about the good news of being brought near, I think we need to talk about the bad news about being far away. Um, and I know that's probably a hard concept for some of us to think about, but it's super important. Like that good news doesn't pop. It doesn't mean anything that Jesus brings us near. If we're like, well, I'm already near, don't need that. You know, we have all of us at some time been far away from God. Um, so Rochelle, I'm going to ask you a personal question. <laughs> yeah, hit me. Time in your life when you felt particularly far off from God and how did he work to bring you near? You know, that the thing that first comes to my mind is um, really when I was 
struggling and I had just been married. My husband and I wanted to have kids and I ended up having uh, multiple miscarriages and I fell in that season of my life really, really far away from God and that he did not, um, that he wasn't listening. I thought all sorts of things. I was, I was being punished for something. Um, but it was through that, that God really, um, brought me near, but also before I was a Christian, I've been, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was eight. And I remember that very distinctly. And I remember God really working in my life. You know, so it's hard to say as an eight-year-old, Natalie, that's when I was really far away from God. But I, I really know that all along my life, and even in my sin, even in high school, when I was a super rebellious teenager, um, I, there were many times where I was really far away from Christ. And now looking back, it's like, he was never far away. I was, you know? Yeah. He was standing yeah. right there and you're like, I don't want anything to do. Yeah, back yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, I love that because it gives me hope. I have teenagers and they can be, I don't know, turds, I guess. <laughs> like, what is going on? What, where did my wonderful little child go? But I guess we all, you know, I keep telling myself that. I'm like, I was the same way. So how did he bring you here to himself? Oh man, I mean, uh, every time, like it looks different than when you're in your twenties trying to have babies. Completely. Yeah. Actually, you know, the Holy Spirit, I feel like just reminded me of something when I was in high school, um, probably about 16, I was, I was super rebellious. My, um, I mentioned earlier last week that my dad is a pastor and I was just rebellious as you can imagine a pastor's kid being I, um okay. I'm just plugging my ears right now because I, I my husband's a pastor and I have pastor's kids I'm like ah! <laughs> I'm sorry Natalie but you know and not every single one of them goes down that route but I but I did and how the Lord um pursued me and drew me near was actually by pers- uh by my husband now pursuing me in high school and we joke all the time like he is 100% my Hosea that God used him to draw me back to himself uh we ended up getting engaged at 18 married at 21 and I would have ended up like the women that I serve every week if my husband had not pursued me and God had not intervened in my life. So, I mean, but that's just one example. He, I could give you so many, so many. I just love that because there is no part of me that looks at you right now and thinks that, that about like, you just, it's like when I tell my kids that I was, I was rotten in high school. They're like, no mom. And I was like, listen, people, everybody has their faves and, in, and in college too, actually, but like everybody has their thing that they do. And yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Like you're looking at somebody and you're like, you know, I don't look at grandmas and think that about them, but surely they, they're people like they yeah. the wayward at times. Exactly. I mean, but you know, the Lord, exact. okay. What you said earlier was like the more drastic. I mean, it sounds terrible to say this, but like the more drastic and dark you recognize and depraved you are, the more Christ's sacrifice on the cross, like 
becomes real because you knew how bad you were and how much grace you've been given. So, I mean, I don't wish anyone would have, you know, I don't wish anybody would be rebellious, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're all rebellious before Christ gets a hold of us. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is perfect. It leads into my next thought. For those of you who didn't catch this at the beginning or didn't listen to last time, Rochelle works with women in the adult entertainment industry. And I think sometimes we as Christians and non-Christians, just as humans, we sort of have this scale of how we see people. We automatically judge people and we are like, well, at least I'm not as bad as women in the adult entertainment industry, right? Um, But there's something about when you consider who Christ is and we consider ourselves that even in our eight-year-old heart or our rebellious teenage heart, or even in my, you know, 44-year-old mom heart that looks pretty good most of the time, like there's still all kinds of junk in there, you know? And why is it that the playing field is level? Why is it that, you know, there's no difference between me and one of the women that you serve at Scarlet Hope? I encourage and say this a lot. At the foot of the cross of Christ, we're all there. Like there's no one that's, um, no one's sin is greater than the other. Every single sin committed put Jesus there. And so when you can under, when you really have a deep conviction of that, it doesn't matter if you're talking to or friends with or serving women in the adult entertainment industry or a Pharisee in a church, like the sin still put Jesus on the cross. And I, and I think that at the bottom of it is why we're the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I've been reminded of, and it does it actually kind of interestingly goes with this verse, but when I named Scarlet Hope and that's a pretty long story and I won't go into it right now, but um, I had been in a club where a woman had been, I mean, if you can imagine, Natalie, as far away from God as possible, she was selling her body um, mm-hmm. for drugs and for sex, and she had been beaten. She had bruises, black and blue. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me when I was standing there waiting to talk to her, my blood covers her. It was just this picture that I've always kept with me that... It's his blood that covers us completely. That's the only reason we have hope. That's the only reason we have salvation is because of the blood that was shed on the cross. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I could go on a while for about this. No, I just think that's, that's such a beautiful picture. I didn't realize that that the name Scarlet would have that. That's the, that's the connotation for you. Yeah. Christ. That gives us. Ugh. Well, it's just so good. I think that recognition of the sameness has to be present in you when you are serving people who are, who our society would say are the furthest out. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was thinking about um, the mistakes that we make, the sins that we have in our lives, you know, even Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they hid from God. And I think about when I sin, you know, my first inclination is to hide my sin or to minimize my sin or to avoid God. Like what, why do we do that? (laughs) 
You do that. It's just me. <laughs> of course. I mean, I think it's natural to, we think as humans, we're better than we are. I mean, let's just be honest. We think we have it all together. We present to the world, especially now in 2022, when you have social media and everything, everybody's presenting this perfect self forward. And when you view yourself, when I view myself like that, well, I wouldn't want to share my or expose my sin, you know? And so I think it's just a natural selfish, sinful inclination to do that, you know, um, or I like what you said, like minimize. I think that's what we've become very crafty at is minimizing our sin. You know, I, along the years, uh, Christians, um, have been to like, they'll go to strip clubs and they'll, you know, protest repent or go to hell or, you know, they mm -hmm. use shaming tactics. The mm -hmm. women in those clubs, you don't got to tell them how bad they are. They're already hidden in that place away from society, away from the light. The enemy's already done that. What they need to believe and what they need to understand is that though you're far away from Christ, he's drawing you near and he's actually brought us here so you don't have to hide anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, it's so good. I remember, um, you just stop me whenever you want, but no, I remember you this, girl. <laughs> <laughs> this woman that I, I met many, many, many years ago when I first started the ministry, um, she was, you know, the, the clubs when we first served meals, uh, were fully nude clubs and that may be hard for some people to hear, but that was the reality. Mm. And she, came to know Christ about eight weeks after I met her and she wanted to get baptized. And so we, she would start coming to church with me. She eventually got baptized. And the week after she got baptized, she found herself back in the clubs. And, mm -hmm. um, I showed up Thursday and as in, no, I mentioned they were nude clubs because before this moment, she never recognized that she was naked. And huh. as soon as I walked in after she had, you know, she had already been given her life to the Lord. She had been baptized. She was attending church. We walked in on a Thursday with our meal and she goes, oh, and she dropped to the floor and she hid herself. Oh. And she said, for the first time in my life that I've been doing this, I'm naked. I was like, no, you've been naked the whole time. <laughs> but in that place, she, you know, there was no... There's, there was nothing to hide until she came into the light. So, um, I think we all hide in our various ways. It's interesting because I've been reading, um, just about different Bible characters in this morning in my, in my reading, I was reading about Potiphar's wife and it was, it wasn't that like, I've always ever read that story from the perspective of, um, the other people in the story, you know, like, oh, it's Joseph and he's being tempted by this person and whatever. But it was the story like very clearly was like, this is Potiphar's wife and we're going to look at her. And it, and it was just like, it, it created in me a sense of wonder, of, like what happened in her life that those of you who are listening, who don't know, she was a woman who was already married, who was trying to tempt an unmarried man to um, have relations with her. And 
she was like very pestering about it. And she ended up lying about it because she just was angry because he wouldn't. And there was part of me that was, that was, as I was thinking about this interview today and thinking about her story, like, would that we would have, instead of reading that and sort of making her the villain, right? And like, oh, well, that's, that's the evil in the story. It's this woman. Um, instead to be thinking about like, what in her story was making her behave in that way? What sadness, what insecurity, what like not knowing, right? Like what you're talking about, like she didn't even know, did she even know what she was doing? You know, um, and so not to make sin out to be not sin, because it is, but like when we see people who are caught up in these things, instead of having judgment for them, having compassion and yeah. saying, how can I reach into their life and and bring them the good news? And like you said, be the light yeah. of, of Christ coming into that dark place where they've been it's for so many of them in that industry since they were young. You yeah. know, they've in that that's all they've ever known um, yeah exactly judgment is reserved for our god it's not reserved for us and we really got to get a hold of that if we're going to advance the kingdom um because there's there is no other way you can't say well i care about this people group and not you know, I care about like these people in this country and this people group and not these people that are right in my backyard yeah. What I have found is that if any the women that we serve that do not know Christ, that's who like anybody who doesn't know Christ, it doesn't matter like why they're sinning necessarily. <laughs> it, it's just that they're apart from Christ. They're not close to him, you know, and we're our job as Christians that have been our eyes have been opened is to bring them near Christ. And he does the work. You know, and, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Potiphar's wife, I mean, who, who are we to judge before Christ? We were just like that, you know, we would sin, you know, <laughs> and we still sin, but, you know, by the grace of God, we're covered, but yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I like what you said about, he's the one that does the work. Like if you look at our verse, Jesus is the one bringing us near. He's yes. the one doing the work. And we, like, as believers now, when we engage in bringing people to Christ, he's the one that's doing it. It's not yeah. us. And, it's, and not even that. We're not the ones who are making ourselves righteous, right? Yeah. yeah. Jesus is still the one. He's the one doing it all. We're just, you know, the beneficiaries of that. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, lady, we have one more episode with you. I cannot wait till next week when we get to talk again about our verse. For those of you who are listening at home uh, in our show notes, you can go and find out more about Rochelle and her ministry, Scarlet Hope. Um, and I would just encourage you to, to pray for them and to, um, to consider even supporting them. Uh, there's a lot of work that they are doing that is really good and, and they can always I'm sure use the help. So go check those out. And thank you so much, Rochelle, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online.
We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.